Okay, uh, let me read some comments here before we have our next segment. Uh, my mom says hi. My dad says hi. Uh, my dad says, Pliny the Elder is the best IPA he's ever had. I think Pliny the Elder is really good. So good take there, dad. Um, we had some people uh, contributing. David on the chat said, Joe Burrow is the GOAT. Burrow going to silence all the haters this week. Uh, <laughs> so there's all that. Okay, Reese, uh, give us a little social media shout again, and then we're going to bring on Alex and have our debate on <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you're liking what you're seeing, you should follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Fountain City SM. If you really like what you're hearing, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash FCSM. Be a donor for as little as $2. Become a friend of the podcast to help bring this high-quality Kansas City sports, craft beer, and entertainment podcast that you know and love. And, you know, we don't say this enough, but honestly, if you don't do anything tonight, just give us a follow on wherever spot or wherever podcasts are found. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all those. It doesn't take you that much. A few clicks, mouse, click, follow, Fountain City Sports Media. Yeah, follow us. Download the podcast too. <laughs> my my brother said, "Download, don't listen," which is what I tell him to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, down, down the podcast and also like us on Instagram. Like you said, um, we're we're north of a hundred, which is awesome. Hoping to get five hundred soon. So uh, be a be a part of that campaign. All right, um, our next debate is going to be myself against Sir Alex. So let's bring on Alex. Oh, bring on Alex. Hold on, we got to get some stonky music to come on in. How about a uh... Alex, give me a thumbs up. You know, we're going to do feeding the ducks. This one sounds too much. Hey, yo, this is like legit the best one all night so far. That's pretty chill. I like that. And Alex with his his, uh, Blankenship glasses on right there. Welcome to the pod, pod, Alex. Thank you Uh, so much. Tell us uh, about your uh, friendship with Reese and tell us your fandom with the Colts. All right. So I've known Reese for what? I think three years ish now. We we both work at Boulevard. Uh, And uh, I mean, (laughs) I've been a Colts fan since I could really comprehend football. Like growing up in Fort Wayne, it was all Colts everywhere. And so I don't know. I've been. Uh, I've had many people try to persuade me to be a Chiefs fan, but I can't do it. <laughs> now, is that because are you from Indy? Family's from Indy? So I'm from Fort Wayne. It's in uh, northeastern Indiana. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago, okay, great. Like Bears oh, fans bleed over in Fort Wayne, by the way? Yeah, there are. Really? Some. Yep. yep. No, lame. What What department do you work at in, in Boulevard? Do you work in the tap room with Reese? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bar back. Nice. How long? And you've been there for three years as well. So you were there Almost. when Reese was in the um, in the experimental tap room. Uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Talk, talked in memes, you know. It's just, yeah. Uh, the, lay of, <laughs> the land, dude. The honks, bro. Honks were up. Honks were everywhere. Honks up. Honks up. Okay, so let me give some context to the debate that's about to happen right now. So in August, Reese and I did a. Um, actually, did we do a live pod of the draft? I forget. Yeah, we, didn't, we didn't. No, we. Did we? No. Well, no, no. Draft, because oh, I was, oh, oh, I was no, in the park for that. No. Draft, no. Okay, so we uh, so this was before then. Then so uh, we are in a um, 
a uh, fantasy league altogether. There's about 12 of us in that league. And like I said, this is all of our friends are from our text chain. That's right. If you donate a hundred dollars on Patreon, you can be on this text chain. It is fire. It is crazy. Um, but anyway, we're on this text chain, right? And uh, we're all drafting. We're all drafting. And, you know, uh, Derek Henry goes first. I forget who goes second. Dalvin Cook, probably. And then Alex, you picked fifth or s- what'd you pick? So it went like, so it was uh, Derrick Henry and then McCaffrey. And I think I was three. Oh, okay. And I got Jonathan Taylor. And then, and then the infamous pick. Alex picks third and picks Jonathan Taylor, the running back for the Indianapolis Colts. And we're like, this dude's a homer. What, what is he thinking? And then Reese even goes, yeah, who is, who is Jonathan Taylor Thomas? How did, how did he join the Colts? Like what's going on? Like we all knew who he was. And like, at that point, I think last year he was probably ranked 12th or, or 13th best running back. But this year just has an incredible year and, and ranked the top running back in fantasy football um, and one of the best players in fantasy football. So during this whole time, right, Alex is on the chat and saying, oh, you guys don't like Jonathan Taylor. Look at him now. And he's doing his cakewalk, right? As, as he deserves, he picked right. Okay. I mean, who would have, who would have thought except for Alex, right? That everyone would be injured, but that's, that's for the debate. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> um, so he picks, he picks Jonathan Taylor and I go, you know what, Alex come next year. I'm still not picking Jonathan Taylor number one in fantasy, and I am holding to that position. So our debate today is why, who, who are we picking at number one and why? So Alex, you go first. I'm assuming Jonathan Taylor. Why is Jonathan Taylor the number one fantasy football pick in 2022? I don't. Okay. So let's, let's preface this. Are we talking number one? Like your first time picking or number one overall, overall, number one, overall, overall in fantasy. Um, so say you have the number one pick. Who are you picking? So, I think I, so uh, I honestly, I would go with Jonathan Taylor over uh, both McCaffrey and Henry, just knowing wow. that that surgery that, that uh, Derrick Henry had on his foot. It's like, I'm surprised he came back that quickly. Usually that's quite a long healing process and uh, Christian McCaffrey can't stay healthy, but when he's healthy, he's really good. Um, and I mean, Jonathan Taylor, he, <laughs> other than this really, this insane year he had, I mean, I have some stats pulled up mm. and uh, even like, we, we love stats here. Let's look. I know. Let's, let's even like, like prior to being injured, like Jonathan Taylor still was averaging a solid yard more than Derrick Henry. Really? Huh. Color me surprised. Okay. Uh, Armando, uh, your rebuttal? Yeah. Let's All right. It. Okay. So here's what I got I wouldn't pick Jonathan Taylor one, I wouldn't even pick him two. I have two people over Jonathan Taylor. And here's my reasoning. Number one is Derrick Henry. You bring up the injury, but what we just saw in the playoffs, we saw no fatigue from Derrick Henry. We saw a Derrick Henry that came back. That was amazing. The person that was not amazing was Ryan Tannehill that game. I think Derrick Henry looked fine. They obviously were managing him a bit, but given a full off season for him to get better, I have no qualms with Derrick Henry 
starting the season and ending the season with no fatigue. He is just a monster. Yes, he had the injury, but he's a monster. And I also have some stats for you, Alex. So like you said, Jonathan Taylor, number one, but in fact, if you go back to standard, just standard league fantasy, Jonathan Taylor averaged 20.77 points per game, where in the, I forget how many games Derrick Henry had, Derrick Henry actually had the second most, most points per game. Uh, Josh Allen first with 23.68, but then Derrick Henry between all these quarterbacks, by the way, uh, Herbert and Brady are below him, but Derrick Henry had 23.04 points per game, which is uh, more than uh, Jonathan Taylor. I think Jonathan Taylor is two, four, six, eight. Jonathan Taylor is 10th per points per game in fantasy. And the fact that Derrick Henry can be number two, um, sandwiched between Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Brady, Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, even our boy Jalen Hurts, who everyone said was going to suck, and he kind of did, but for the most part, he did not suck. I have Derrick Henry number one. Number two, I have Cooper Cup. Number two, Cooper oh. Cup has done some amazing things at the wide receiver position. If I put Derrick Henry one, that means that Jonathan Taylor is the second in his position where Cooper Cup is doing some crazy stuff at the wide receiver position and making points that you only see a crazy running back do or someone like a Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson in 2019 or something like that where Cooper Cup, let's see, 21.59 points. Per average, I could have said that better, but that's more than Jonathan Taylor. That's more than Jonathan Taylor. The paradigm is shifting in fantasy football where you are seeing a ton of wide receivers getting a ton of fantasy points. So I'm investing in Cooper Cup or Derrick Henry over Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, I, I don't disagree with you on the Cooper Cup thing. I really don't. Yeah, he's but good. I still, I still, I mean, Derrick Henry's got a plate in his foot now. Is he going to be, for the long term, is he really going to be able to cut and do all, you know, his Derrick Henry things? Or is he going to, like, end up like, I don't know. I don't know. Who's another running back that only played <laughs> only played for a couple of years and then got injured? They were real good, got injured, and then they were just Looking good. like Christian McCaffrey, knock on wood. Adrian yeah. Peterson? Yeah, I think that's a good point to bring up uh, is the fact that the three biggest guys ahead of Jonathan Taylor in argument are Derrick Henry, Platefoot, uh, Christian McCaffrey, who, like you said, serious injury problems, and Dalvin Cook, who also seems to be facing general injury problems. So, and they're all older than Jonathan Taylor. I mean, Christian McCaffrey can't be that much older, but, you know, are they going to be the same running backs after injury next year? Are we waiting for like a new wave of running back to take their place next year? Armando, Taylor's going to take that place. <laughs> he's he's going to step up. Wait, it, sorry, say it again. Do do we see like a youthful person taking place of the older running backs? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just just because uh, you know, like I said, the three big guys, uh, Henry, McCaffrey, and Cook, all have nagging injury problems. They're closing mm -hmm. in on thirty. You know, do we see a Jonathan Taylor-led new generation of running back take their place next year? Like, are any of them top three running backs next year? I don't I know. I mean, I. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Henry Taylor. I don't see McCaffrey being top. I think if Dalvin Cook stays healthy, I think he could be. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of drop off after 
after like those five, because even Saquon Barkley, I thought Saquon Barkley was in the top six and Saquon Barkley just looks awful. So there's a huge drop off after six. I mean, even, even CEH was ranked like seventh before the season where people thought he was going to, yeah, people thought he was going to be a first round pick. In fact, in ESPN rankings, he was like, he went 10th overall. We're not talking 10th running back. We're talking 10th overall CEH was going. Um, so there's a huge drop off after someone like Alvin Kamara who knock on wood, we don't even know if he's going to play this season. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if we can talk about it here, but, uh, but anyway, so yeah, I don't even know who's going to be there. Um, so Jonathan Taylor, if he is healthy and everyone else is not healthy, then yeah, sure. He's going to be the best running back, but is he really the best running back? If everyone's injured, you know what I mean? Like if everyone was healthy, is Jonathan Taylor still this amazing, you know, cyborg, human being, but uh, stacked up against a healthy Christian McCaffrey stacked up against a healthy Derrick Henry stacked up against a, um, uh, a law abiding Alvin Kamara. You know what I mean? Like, is he, is he still in, is he still in that? He's still in that ranking, Alex. Do you, do you think he, he is as elite as these guys all healthy? I think if next year, if he does the same thing, then yes, hmm, I think he's going to come up for sure. But I mean, well, I think he, go for it. Go for it. No, go I interrupted it. you. I'm sorry. I, I lost my train of thought. Go for it. <laughs> no, well, I was just going to say, uh, Armando, I think one thing to look at here is the top running backs in fantasy in 2021. Uh, you're looking at Jonathan Taylor buying away at 333 points. Uh, second place, Austin Eckler at 273. Oh, yeah. Eckler, that's right. I forgot about him. Then Najee Harris. Nixon was Conley. third. I mean, according to wow. what? I mean, yeah, that's what it looks like. I mean, right. that, that, that is also a testament to all the injuries that happened. Cause Mixon's great. We just, we just talked about it, Sam. I see you there. You know, we talked about how great Joe Mixon is, but Joe Mixon's not the third best running back in the NFL. You know what I mean? I mean, being, be, being a good fantasy player is a totally different thing than being a good player player. I mean, look at us and True. taking Jalen hurts as our quarterback, you know, it's like he <laughs> tore it up in fantasy, but in real life, not so great. So then the question would be is, do you see Eckler Mixon, Harris, all these dudes plus the potential injury of the big three of McCaffrey, Henry and cook beating out Jonathan Taylor next year. Cause that's what it really seems like the question is going to boil down to. I would, and again, like I, as much as I tease Alex, yes, Jonathan Taylor is really good. So I would put only, <laughs> I would put only Derrick Henry above Jonathan Taylor, but I think Jonathan Taylor is still better than all these guys. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Najee Harris because Najee Harris, there's no one like if it's, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Steelers, but it's going to be Najee Harris season. The fact that he put up those numbers with one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL people aren't talking about that. Like say they, they bolster the offensive line a little bit. Najee Harris could be a top, a top two, three, you know, pick in the fantasy. I agree. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. like coming out as a rookie and doing all that. Yeah. I think another thing to look into going into next year is the fact that our team's just going to stack the box against Jonathan Taylor, particularly if they bring back Carson Wentz, I think the quarterback issue is going to have a lot to do with Jonathan Taylor's production. And it's going to be a very fine line because if you have a bad to just kind of mediocre quarterback, they pick up, I think they're going to rely on Jonathan Taylor and he's going to get a lot of carries, but he might face heavier boxes. If you wind up getting a Derek Carr or better level quarterback to step in, 
he might not have to take as many carries. Therefore, his numbers might not be as good. Or because teams will have to be more honest and can't just stack the box, he might feast even more. So it's hard to look into the tea leaves on this one, I think. Well, I mean, look at Ryan Tannehill. How much better is he than Carson Wentz, in all honesty? Uh, pretty better, I think. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I better. think Carson Wentz. Skill-wise, not much, but again, to same. Yeah. Yeah. But no, ahead, I, I get your point. I get your point. Yeah. Because, like, everybody stacks the box against Derrick Henry, and he still rips off massive yards. That's very true. That's very true. But Derrick Henry also has Julio Jones and uh, the other guys. A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, thank you. A.J. Brown. He's got them them to keep them honest in the vertical game. So, I mean, he kind of stretched the field a little bit. But I get your point. I definitely get your point. So, Alex, where do you see the Colts next year if they keep Carson Wentz? Are we talking a last seed in the playoffs, a wild card team, or are you trying to blow it all up? No, I. If they keep Carson Wentz, I mean, I said this during when we had that like the first round draft live back in like March. I wasn't, I wasn't super confident in him. So, I mean, I think if. If JT has a season like he did this year and Carson Wentz has a season like he did this year, they're going to miss playoffs again. Maybe, like, if they keep the seven seeds, maybe a seven seed. Hmm. I can see that. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Yeah. They weren't well, too far. Well, I'll have to see. What... That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and, and because they have a good defense, I think that yeah. they'll be pretty good. Um, okay. Well, We'll see what happens there. Alex, are you drinking anything for us today? Can we do our 90-second beer review yeah. with you now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm drinking this off-white brewing. It's like uh, Dino S'mores or something like that. Off-color brewing Dino S'mores. Yeah. Oh, I think, uh, I've, yeah. I think I've heard of yeah. that. Hey! Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. Let's start the clock. All right, here we go. All right. Let's let's see if your um let's see if your points match up exactly with Reese's points and notes and everything. Because you both work at Boulevard Brewing and you both are drinking the same beer. So here we go. There we go. Okay, Alex, give us the aroma. What do you smell on that? What are the notes on that stout? To me, it just, uh, I get a little bit of like marshmallow, a little bit of sweetness, but other than that, I just get like typical kind of like heavy stout kind of smell, I guess, to it. All right. And at a zero, zero to 10, 10, it's the best smell you've ever smelled or zero. Nah. Four. A four. Oh my goodness. Okay. Okay. <laughs> critical over here, Alex, just like he was critical on Derrick Henry flavor. Is the flavor a little bit better than a four? What, what do you smell on, or sorry, I mean, what do you taste on that stout? From what I, from what I smell and what I taste it's totally different. Like oh. mouthfeel is super, it's super thin. It's thinner than I thought it would be. I don't really get any of like the marshmallow or like graham cracker really. But I mean, I'd probably like I'd drink it again. I just don't think it's like top tier. I'd give it like a seven and a half. 
All right, seven and a half, seven point five, and last but not least, twenty seconds left. What is the stonks drinkability quotient, or as you said in the beer hall, the honks? Drinkability quotient. How cool is this beer? How unique is this beer? Is this beer as cool as Jonathan Taylor Thomas? It's very unique. Yeah, I'd say it's unique. It's cool. It's not as cool as Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I mean, it's close, but it's no. <laughs> and zero out of ten. I'll give it. I'll give it a seven and a half. Seven, another 7.5. All right. And that was your 92nd beer review with Found City Sports Media. Any last comments, Alex, or anything, Reese, that I missed that we needed to ask Alex? Alex, uh, I think I know given your numbers, but <laughs> after your experience with the fresh bash s'mores style from Top and Goliath, does Dino S'mores supplant it for a possible Mount Crushmore position? I don't think so. No. Uh uh. I agree. I agree. All right. We got, we got two thumbs down on the stouts. It looks like the Boulevard Prairie ale collab still prevails as the best Imperial stout we have had on this podcast. So <laughs> another shout out to Boulevard for being the OG and making some bomb beers and it wouldn't be without our boys here, Alex yeah. and referees. All right. Swag. All right, Alex, we'll see ya. Okay, maybe Jonathan Taylor's fine, but still don't think he's number one, but he's good. Don't worry. I think he's good. <laughs> Thanks, All man. right, we'll see you next time, Alex. Oh, we had music, but I think it died. Oh, I heard a little bit. There it is. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just joining us, or maybe you just joined us that last one, we've been going for almost two hours now. Um, and I haven't had any coffee, and I need another beer, actually. So uh, when uh, the next guy comes up, he has a special connection to Reese, although he has a very special connection to me. But when you guys talk, I'm going to go grab another beer. Um, why don't we just have let's, – let's, let's bring our next guest on. Let's see if he's there. Let me message him. Tell him he's up. All right. Well, while I do that, let's do another Patreon shout out. Patreon shout out. All right. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Fountain City SM. I mean, if you're watching us right now, you found us on Facebook. So congratulations. Give us a follow on Facebook. Give us a follow on Instagram. Also, if you feel like donating, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM. Become a friend of the podcast for as little as $2 a month, and you can get access to bonus episodes and exclusive beer reviews. All right. All right. I think he is. I think he's ready. All right. We got to find some new uh, entrance music. Let's go with uh, uh, Rock. There we go. Ready? Let's do it. I hope he doesn't have like an entrance walk or anything. Oh, he doesn't. Okay. Whoa. Hey. With yeah. Cardinal stuff on, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. This is the um, we've we've been waiting to have him on. This is the uh, like um, the uh, I don't even know what it is, but it's been 90 episodes and we haven't had him on, and now it's time because now he is our official. That's right. Um, Andrew has been hired as our new TikTok manager for Fountain City Sports Media. This is my brother, Andrew, a.k.a. Uncle Drew, the worst movie ever, but the best brother ever. Uh, there you are, Andrew. I know I try to be. So here's my brother, Andrew. Um, tell us about yourself, Andrew, where are you live in um, and your affinity for looks like you have a Cardinals jersey on or a Cardinals sweater. So yeah. tell us about the Cardinals. 
That's right. Well, just like Hot Take Mondo, uh, raised in Arizona, um, so I'm a Cardinals fan at heart. Yeah, but never, we never watched. We never watched football when we were but kids. Exactly. Be, like Dad's a Rams fan, and we never watched the Rams growing up. And so it's like, well, I had to pick a team at some point. So I always pick the Cardinals, and I've always been with them, except. I'm a Laker fan. I'm a Dodger fan. I'm a USC fan. So all the other Which LA sports. Also, people people made fun of us so much in school for being from LA. That's right. How could you be a Cardinals fan after all those people just made fun of us in school for years? Well, see, the thing is, like, football wasn't like a my big sport. Our big sport was basketball. We love the Lakers. We still love the Lakers. We'll talk about them in a little bit. But um, with all of that, it's just like. I don't know. It's it's we've just been trying to pick a football team for a long time and Cardinals have been the ones there. So live and die, live and die red gang. So let's do it. And where and where do you live now, Andrew? And tell us what you do and tell us. Yeah. Just where you're at. What do you do? Yeah. So I'm in Portland, Oregon right now. West Coast, best coast. Uh, been out here for like three years now. Um, and I am a counselor, mental health counselor. So been doing that for a little bit and and it's been pretty good so yeah he just shout out to him he just got hired at a um at the hospital that he was working at and now he's uh, office, yeah is it a clinician what, what is your title you're a clinician uh it's uh just like a mental health counselor so there's okay, still cool. some there's still some ranks that i need to go to but i'm in like the just graduated level so yeah i just graduated from school shout out to andrew as well there too getting his so, master's awesome uh, let's see. What else do I want to say? And then I'm going to go grab a beer before you guys talk about what you guys like. Um, bu- 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 yeah, I was waiting uh, for the, I was waiting for the Kurt Angle, you suck music to come in. So oh, what, what happened with that? Yeah, actually, <laughs> why don't you guys, yeah, why don't you guys talk about wrestling and this, and this will be my, my break to go grab a beer. <laughs> All right. So we've never actually talked wrestling on this podcast, but I know you're a fan and you're an AW fan, right? I, you know, when the whole CM Punk news came out, I was like, Okay, now I, I want to start watching it, start following it. It was never really a big thing, you know. I watched WWE and like slowly into it now, but it's not the same as it was before, if I'm being honest. Um, but when CM Punk came back, that was like the, that was like, you know, like let's say like Patrick Mahomes retires and comes back, right? That's like the golden golden child coming back. So oh yeah, it was pretty cool. And I haven't really had a chance to see many of his matches yet, but everything mm-hmm. that i see on social media and like facebook instagram it just like blows up with cm punk stuff so i love oh, it. oh yeah he's a huge get you know it's why you say patrick mahomes i think the nfl equivalent of if cm punk left and came back would totally be andrew luck at this point i was thinking that too yeah that, that it seemed like the the right equivalent i was trying to find like some big name that was like coming back but mm-hmm. andrew luck makes sense but he probably won't be coming back anymore so Nah, dude, rip. Love the rip, guy. Rip, now, rip. were you a wrestling fan growing up? Like, are you a lifelong dude? You know, it's funny because the the reason why I got into it. So, as a kid, shout out to our, my cousin Chris. He had all of these video games that we would play on the PS2, and one of the games was SmackDown versus Raw, like 2004 oh, yeah. or 2005, and that was the classics with everybody there. Like The Rock was on there, Brock Lesnar was on there, Kane, Undertaker, mm-hmm. like the golden era of in my opinion, and in my era, um, you know, of, of wrestling. So it really grew on me then. And then just going back and watching a ton of highlights, like it's so fun to just like reminisce of like old Royal Rumbles and WrestleManias and all those things. Like, you know, mm-hmm. watching, watching prime John Cena and watching prime rock is actually like so much fun to see. Wow. And so 
all of that. And of course, got to rep the Undertaker. Of course, he's, oh, he's a goat. I don't, I don't know if anybody can beat him. So. No, absolutely. That's pretty sweet. You know, I'm actually a, what's called a late adopter to professional wrestling. I did yeah. not watch it growing up, which would have been in like that attitude era of the 90s, mainly because my parents like wouldn't let me watch it. So like yeah. being a kid, I didn't know any better. Right. But when I was uh, 23, I did a opera program out in San Francisco. One of the dudes that I was like doing a homestay with was like, hey, man, you watch wrestling pay-per-view? And it was like the first night we were there. So I'm like, yeah, I want to bond you all that stuff. And I got like hooked right away at age 23. Yeah, so the fact nice. that everyone's like, oh, it's dying. People don't care about it. Right, right, right. It's like, no, it's like when, when the product's still good, it's like there's still people that are going to glom onto this stuff, totally. like myself included. So, you know, I, I started watching WWE. Ironically, this was months, like just a few months after CM Punk left. So people were still doing the CM Punk chance, you know, yeah. like CM Punk's not coming back. So mm-hmm. when he came back and wrestled AEW, right. that was actually the first time I got to watch CM Punk, like actually live doing his oh, yeah. stuff. Oh, I'd yeah. seen, seen the pipe bomb, seen all of his matches, but seen and all that, but mm-hmm. I had never seen the dude live. So like, yeah. I almost cried. I didn't even get to experience it the That's first awesome. time I'm just like, it's cult of personality. He's oh, back. Yeah. He's here. I never thought I'd see this. Oh, yeah. And if, yeah. if you ever get a chance to watch the best comeback I think I've ever seen, and I get chills every time I watch it, is when Edge comes back in oh. WrestleMania. And I just like, I, I get chills every single time because people are like not expecting because he had that huge injury. And it was like, he's not coming back. Like he's done. And he came back and the place just goes nuts. Like it's, it's incredible. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, dude. Armando, dog, you got to get into pro wrestling, man. Oh, that all sounds Good. super cool. Oh, my gosh. I love wrestling. Yeah, I love when, um, uh, what's that? I'm not your boy toy, boy toy. Oh, yeah. Toy, yeah. Toy. yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's that's all I remember from that, from, that, from that wrestling video game that we used to play. <laughs> man. Uh, you know, the, actually, the the, uh, the uh, wrestling video games are actually really fun. I remember that being fun. That's what I said. I said shout out to Chris who kind of was the one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cousin Chris, shout out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we used to play the wrestling game. But I, yeah. I just really didn't get into it. I know it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of drama. I know it's, you know, a lot of great acting. But uh, look, acting, I just want to. What are you talking just, about? I just want to, you know, watch the Lakers lose and get decimated. And I just want to watch the Chiefs be otherworldly. You know, I got one more wrestling thing. To I know you guys want to talk Lakers, but uh, so spoiler. Oh, we're still going to talk football first. Don't worry. Oh, you yeah, guys seen Spider-Man uh, No Way Home yet? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen any of the new Spider- Spider-Mans, by the way. Okay. I mean, is it much I of a spoiler to. if you know about like. Say it. It's okay. It's, say it. it's not long enough. The fact that other Spider-Men are in this film, like Armando, are you, you proving you that? What? Well, I mean, I figured it was called the multiverse, so I figured there yeah. was something, but I didn't know that. I don't care. It's fine. Spoiler alert. So. The reason what people don't understand is what made that film so great is that you had returns of characters that you thought were done. Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, all those classic villains. You thought you would never see them again. Mm -hmm. That entire premise of that film being them coming back and people getting stoked for that and being like a one night only thing. That is the exact premise of what makes professional wrestling so great. Like when Edge comes back and it was like, he had like spinal spurs. I never thought he'd yeah. be in the ring again. Mm-hmm. That's like Andrew Garfield coming through the portal into the living room. Or like when Green Goblin comes back, it's like, holy crap, Kurt Angle like burned his bridges with the company, had a painkiller addiction. I never thought I'd see him in the ring again. Yep. That is Tobey Maguire coming back, man. That's So if people realize that, there really is pop culture appeal for professional wrestling. Totally. Absolutely. 
Well, once our uh, once our podcast goes global and we uh, have a ton of money and can outreach and do more than one, I think uh, Uncle Drew and referees have their have their next sub pod uh, coming up. Easy, easy. We got it. All right. Uh, well, Uncle Drew, um, let's hear what you have to say about. Actually, no. Before we do that, so like we said, Uncle Drew is going to be our new TikTok manager. Um, That's right. But Uncle Drew, tell us about your resume when it comes to TikTok, because you do have one. That's true. I do have one, but you make it seem like it's like this big thing. Like, you know, I, I have all these followers. Better than and, other things I've seen or mine. So so the thing that you got to follow, and, and my girlfriend, Emily, she's helped me a lot with all of these because she works a lot with social media, is finding trends, right? So what's going to grab people is all these trends, all these new things that are popping up. And so um, I managed to follow some of those trends and got, you know, a few views, like 45, 50,000 views on some of my videos. And so now what I have is like, I think, 1,400 followers. And so, you know, it averages around 600 to 1,000 views each video. But really, like what I'm doing now is just like doing it for fun, right? I play guitar. I do music, a lot of music and metal stuff. So um, I, I like doing a lot of that. And it's just fun. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm honored to to be doing this and to be paid a hefty amount of money to, to do all of this for uh, fountain city. So, so which is, which is why you all have to donate on Patreon so that we can keep paying uncle drew to keep up this famous TikTok account. Uh, yeah. But also follow him at, at the metal health counselor on TikTok. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So the goal is to do some fun stuff with Reese and Mondo on making some videos, doing some fun things. I got a lot of cool ideas. So, so let's do it. We are we are branching out to the cool hipster young kids that are Kansas City Chiefs fans that never saw Alex Smith or before Alex Smith, never saw Garback or any of those guys. Um, exactly. Uh, so with that said, um, it is a football pod, so uh, it's actually perfect timing that we have you on, Uncle Drew, because Kyler Murray deletes all Cardinals-related social media things on Instagram and the only thing that he leaves up is a post of him talking about how he would love to throw the ball to Tampa Bay Buccaneers Mike Evans what's your reaction okay first of all who wouldn't one of the best wide receivers in the game right who wouldn't want to just play catch with Mike Evans <laughs> second of Uncle all, Drew would make a really good um uh speaker of the press or what what's uh what's the uh president's um position where they have to speak to the press yeah and should be a great <laughs> press secretary for the cardinals continue <laughs> and secondly <laughs> this is gonna go right into your position don't worry about it man don't Chuck. worry about Kyle murray <laughs> next next question <laughs> r-e-l-a-x so uh next so here's no here's here's my here's my take on it so when when i saw that tweet came out because i follow him on instagram and everything and um, and I saw everybody talking about like, Hey, Kyler Murray deleted everything. And I was like, no way, let me go take a look. So I see it. And sure enough, he takes out everything. He stops following the Cardinals, stops doing anything like that, but I'm going to take, I'm going to follow my brother and be a hot take and say this, that this is his time of renewal. He is giving away the past. He is forgetting the past and he is ready for a fresh start. What is this down. pastor drew over here now? What you hear, me out, hear me out. Hear me out. So Kyler Murray had one of the best years and one of the worst years in his life in terms of football. 
He had yeah. the best start of a season, 7-0. and We lost to the Packers, which was okay, but we beat the Titans. We beat the Rams. We beat the Vikings. All those teams that we started to beat. And Kyle Murray is like, yeah, I'm feeling good. Like, he's getting in his zone, having a great season. And then the Lions happened. <laughs> the Detroit Lions, the mm-hmm. worst team in the NFL. And I don't, I've never been in his shoes. I will never be in his shoes. But the amount of pressure to win one more game against the worst team in the NFL, that is a lot weighing on your shoulders, right? But also, too, you go into these games like, oh, this is going to be nothing. It's the Lions. Like, they suck, so we're just going to go in and roll them, right? Every single time a team has that type of mentality, they just get rolled right through. And what did that do? Bring his morale way, way down. Lost to the Colts. Lost to the Rams. Barely beat the Cowboys. And we barely beat the um, barely beat the Seahawks. We know we lost to the Seahawks. We lost to the Seahawks, and so that led us to that wild card, that terrible, terrible game that we will not talk about against the Rams. So, I think in all, Cardinals fans, don't worry. He's gonna be okay. I think he's gonna wow. stay. The Cardinals would be so so dumb to not offer him a max contract. What year is this for Kyler Murray? Is this year was this was this year three? This is year three. So when we start when he started in 2019, and I also took some stats here too. Oh yeah, 2019 draft. You're right. 2019 Cardinals went five and ten. 2020 Cardinals went eight and eight. 2021 Cardinals went eleven and six. If I was a GM and if I was somebody that was in a front office, I'm saying. We're going in the right direction right now. We're going in that positive direction. If we keep winning, we need to keep our main guy. And so Kyler Murray's contract is coming up, uh, not this year, but next year. So my hope is give him all the money. Give him all the money. Give him that contract. Give him that Josh Allen contract, and he'll be okay. So if you are, if you're the GM, if you're Mr. Bidwell, I don't think he's the GM, he's the owner. Um, Yes, my name what okay say say kyler murray does a aaron Rodgers and says i'm not coming back um i'm mm-hmm. i'm gonna sit the whole time what would you give up or or, or or what would you get for kyler murray if you're the gm i'm only trading him if i get x y and z <laughs> you guys are gonna think i'm crazy but lamar jackson i want lamar jackson oh gosh kyler all right murray. well it was, it was nice having you on uncle drew we'll see you next time and that's all i mean Tell me what other desirable quarterback right now. He is arguably the most desirable quarterback out of all of the NFL. Name somebody else. Wait, who? Are you saying Kyler Lamar Murray. Jackson is the no, most Kyler desirable? Murray. Kyler Murray. Is the most wait, desirable wait, 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 quarterback wait, 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 in the NFL right now? Mm-hmm. Wait, if he was a free agent, you mean? If Not like free, total. If he was a free agent, every oh. single team in the NFL. No, like Fine. as a free agent. Okay, who yeah. Wouldn't, who wouldn't want to pick up Kyler Murray? Even if you had a start. If they needed it. If they needed a quarterback, fine. Like if I'm if I'm the Raiders, yeah, I'd take a flyer on Kyler Murray, sure. Right. But just knowing his stock and knowing where he is right now, like who's one of the first QBs that you draft in the fantasy? Besides you guys as Chiefs fans, who else would you draft besides in Patrick? fantasy football? Yeah. As I mean, Cruz. yeah, probably Kyler, probably Kyler or yeah. Josh Allen. I'd put I put Pat Mahomes. But that's but again, put, that's fantasy. True. True, but I think a lot of those stats kind of 
transfer into the regular season, right? Would you say so? Hmm. Not all of them. <laughs> I, I, I want to agree with you if we hadn't made the opposite point earlier on in the podcast. Yeah, we, yeah, we just we yeah, just said yeah. the exact opposite like 10 minutes ago. That's but I, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I do too, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think I'm going to stay with that. What, what other questions do you have? So, so Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, straight up. You heard it here first. Hot take, Drew. Um, Okay, how about how about Cliff Kingsbury? So, say you guys go, say you do another wild card because Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's even acceptable for for Cliff Kingsbury. Say you lose in the first round again. Um, Mm -hmm. Is this the last year, or is this the prove it year for Cliff Kingsbury? Or you, as a Cardinals fan, and what you're hearing on the ground in Phoenix, Arizona? People are like, he's the guy, we're keeping Cliff. Yes and no. So the same time that Kyler Murray came, we also got Cliff Kingsbury. He came in 2019 along with him. So with that record too, he was growing with us. He was leading that team to the 11 and what, six run that we had this year. And compared to a five and five and 10 run that we had two years ago, I am 100% down to keep Cliff Kingsbury right now. Asterisk, Right. So now this is his year to really prove himself to show that you got a core guy with, you got Kyler Murray, you got DeAndre Hopkins, you got James Conner. Like I'm an event for a little bit. Why are we starting Chase Edmonds over James Conner? James Conner is one of the best running backs right now in the league. And he needs to be the priority to help and to lead us through. If Kyrie, if Kyler Murray is sucking and not, you know, doing well, especially with DeAndre Hopkins, right? If he's going to be healthy, is he going to do well for us? And so now, we need to take a look at um, we need to take a look at James Conner to make sure that he is our one of our also our priorities to say, hey, take this money, give us this, give us this good stuff that we've been getting out of him, and and he's been a star. So that's that's my hope. If Cliff Kingsbury is able to change that up to put Chase Edmonds back and to bring James Conner in, I think that's going to set us up for success. Reese, I wanted to bring this over to you about Cliff Kingsbury. So let's let's go back to the uh, the old Texas Tech days. Are we seeing any difference from Cliff Kingsbury and what he's doing with the Cardinals that we saw with Patrick Mahomes um, at Texas Tech? Because he came out of Texas Tech and he's supposed to be this guru that taught Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yes, Andrew brought up this eleven and five season, but other than that, haven't really seen it from Cliff. I feel like a lot of what you're seeing from Cliff Kingsbury is not too dissimilar from what you saw when Chip Kelly came from Oregon to the NFL, trying to bring that college air raid system with him. Uh, It's, I don't know. I feel like there's so much more this Cardinals team could accomplish, especially with the bevy of receiving options they have, because you know, you have the greatest jump ball deep threat in the NFL and Deandre Hopkins. You got a great slot receiver in Rondale Moore. Who else am I forgetting on there? Christian Kirk. Christian being Kirk. Like Christian Kirk. Around AJ, yeah. AJ Green. He's, he's AJ getting Green. up there. Yeah. But Zach I mean, Ertz. Yeah. You know, Zach Ertz, like, big pickup. I'm not going to say they're one for one with the Bengals, but in terms of having like a menagerie of wide receivers with multiple different styles and skill sets, you know, they're right up there with the Bengals in terms of weapons. And I feel like if his philosophy wasn't just huck it and chuck it, and he had a little bit more methodology to what he was doing, I really think that Cardinals offense can still kick it into another gear and be up there with like the top two, three offenses in the NFL. Totally. And we have that power, right? We have Kyler Murray. He's one of the fastest QBs right now, right? If he has those legs, let's use him, right? 
If he's stuck, but he, he's he's also he's also one tackle away from retiring. Exactly, and that's <laughs> and that's because our notorious offensive line that we've had problems for years, and that's always been the case. Every single draft, we need to draft an offensive line. We need to draft an offensive line, right? Kurt Warner had those problems. Well, Kevin Cobb had those problems. Names that you probably never even heard oh, of, right? Kevin, <laughs> I remember Kevin Cobb. Yeah. So, and Kyler Murray, especially in especially in the Rams game, I saw it too. He was just getting hacked and hacked and hacked. But that Rams defense is is unstoppable. They're they're one of the best right now. So, I'm not saying that I don't blame him. But if we're gonna be in that division with the Rams next year, potential Super Bowl champs, you know, we're gonna have to step it up and and really make sure we uh, we do well. So. That's true. All right. Well, um, why don't we, why don't we save basketball for another day? We're going to have you on, um, especially in the off season. We'll, we'll check up on basketball. We're going to probably do a little more in basketball, which will be fun. Um, but in the meantime, uncle drew, let's hear what beer you got. Yeah. Right, also, so what, what hat do you have on? Who's what? I was just going to, I was just going to segue. It's not a brewery. It is the Hillsborough hops. Our minor league affiliated team here out in Hillsborough, Oregon. That's really. If if you guys can guess what team this is affiliated with, I will Venmo you a dollar. Ooh, is it, is it AA or this is technically triple A, so it's going directly into majors. Uh, obvious answer to me would say the Mariners, but I feel like the obvious isn't the right answer. Mm-mm. West Coast, though. Interesting. Uh, Angels? I'll, I'll give my. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I said Angels. We said Angels. You're up. Nope, no Angels. The A's. Nope, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Really? really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really strange how it's that far. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but we, Portland doesn't have a team. The other team that we have are the Portland Pickles, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, their merch is pretty sweet. It's a, it's a hop, so. I, I had to wear it for cool. I had to wear it for today's uh, pod. So, dude, all right, right. I thought it was a brewery. That's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. so what are you yeah. gonna what are you gonna review for us today, Andrew? So what I had earlier, and I was um, I was watching the whole pod. So I was nursing Breakside Wanderlust hey. IPA. Wait, here we go. Breakside Wanderlust IPA. Ooh, let's see that can art. That can art is beautiful. It's it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I already went through that, and I'm not gonna do this today. So the one that I just opened oh. is my favorite IPA is wow. from Georgetown Brewery in Seattle, Washington, Bodhisattva IPA. And I've already What does Bodhisattva it. mean? It's like Bodhisattva is like some sort of like Zen state that you're in, like in like mindfulness and meditation. So it's like wow. something really cool. So it like it puts you in that state of Bodhisattva. So well, let's nice. see if your taste buds go to Bodhisattva for us. And here we go. We have 90 seconds. Okay. Oh, missed it. There we go. Lead, lead and aroma. So give us a good sniff test and let us know what do you smell on that beer and then rate it zero to 10. Yeah. So it's very citrusy, but it's not a hazy. It's it's an IPA. It's a straight up IPA, American style. and um, But it's very citrusy. Got a lot of orange citrus, some lemon in there too. So um with that it smells great it smells like summer so i want to give it an 8.7 8.7 okay off the bat pretty good how about flavor why don't you go ahead and taste that and does it give your taste buds a bodhi a bodhisattva peaceful feeling you know i know armando's standards and i've shown him a few ipas before 
And if you were to try this, you would be like, this is just a straightforward IPA. Nothing crazy, but it, but it gives that that light sense. It's a very light taste, and it goes down very well. And it's not overwhelming, not really bitter like other IPAs. So I'd give this a give this an 8.5. An 8.5. Okay, and last but not least, our Stong's Drinkability Quotient. How awesome is this beer? How unique is this beer? Is this beer as unique as Cliff Kingsbury's offensive line? Tastes, tastes just like Kyler Murray. It's perfect in every way. I give it a 10. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, with five seconds to spare. Wow. That, 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 that's our first uh, within the 90 seconds. Nice. Not bad, yeah. I it. All right, so those are some pretty high remarks. What was the brewery again? Georgetown Brewery? Georgetown Brewery. They're based out of Seattle. Oh, cool. Right all right. Yeah. Well, I'll have to check that out. That's pretty cool. Um, sure. All right. Any last things, Uncle Drew? Um, anything you want to tell us about anything? Kyler, if you're listening, please don't leave. <laughs> please, don't, please don't leave. <laughs> that's all right. That's all, all right. All right. Thanks for coming on, Uncle Drew. Uh, we will see you on TikTok very soon. Uh, once we get a handle for that, we will post it on Instagram. Give us a follow on TikTok. We'll see you next time. If you want, we can play 2K tonight, too. I, it's it's not that late for me. I probably play a couple 2Ks. Um, all right. Cool. All right, right, Reese. That was that was our last guest. Um, that was pretty fun. Any any highlights for you from what we just did in two hours and seventeen minutes? Oh my gosh! Uh, I think the fact that like everyone like the drip level was just crazy. The fact that you know like Sam had his retro jerseys. I loved uh, I loved Buffalo Mike's you know pennants black, then shifting into his colors, and uh, I loved that awesome pops hat from that minor league baseball team. So that's been a highlight for me. I mean, also the, the fact like all of our guests have really brought the smoke tonight. You know, yeah, they they came came prepared. With Sam stats, came Sam prepared. had Sam had a notebook. Yeah, seriously. Uh, speaking of Kurt Angle, is this never back down? Because man, we had some really great opinions and arguments made tonight from all sides. So that was fun. That was fun. I mean, yeah, every, everyone brought it today. I, I really can't wait for uh, to have all of you back on. I mean, that was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, but uh, I really can't wait for another uh, Buffalo Mike and Sam rematch. That was that was pretty fun. I hope I hope I hope it comes back and maybe. Uh, Maybe Buffalo Mike will have something different than a Michelob Ultra next time. Uh, Reese, you know, we're, we're already running kind of a little late, but how about we just talk really quickly about the Super Bowl? Um, mm -hmm. we, we already talked about it with a lot of people today, but um, why don't you give us the Super Bowl? No, so actually, we have time. Why don't we just talk about quick pros and cons of each team? So so the Rams, what, what stands out to you with the Rams that is so much better or better as superior or superior than the Bengals, and maybe there's nothing but what do you think strengths i'd say roster i'd say they have the best balanced roster in the nfl and part of that is they have wagered their soul their draft picks and their capital for the next like three years i mean they are all in they spent it on guys like jalen ramsey keeping aaron donald cooper cup all those dudes there they have a plethora of talent they don't have any weaknesses on any specific side of the ball Wow. Wow. Um, I kind of agree with you there. I think s superiority wise, I think everything is superior. Like maybe Joe Burrow has more skilled players. Like we talked about with, with Sam. All right. Mm -hmm. Like T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar chase, Joe Mixon is probably a little better core than Cooper cup OBJ and cam Akers who just came back. But look, 
I think the biggest X factor is going to be Aaron Donald and that D line. If that D line can get to Joe Burrow, it's over. There's, there's no way there is a 0% chance. If Joe Burrow gets sacked more than five times, and I know that's a big number, but he got sacked what? Seven times by the, by the nine Titans, nine times by the Titans. If he gets sacked five or more times by the Rams, there is a 0% chance that the Bengals are going to win the Super Bowl. And you heard it here first because of the things we talked about with Sam, right? He only has one set. He can't roll left. He can't roll right. He can't sneak out of the pocket and run because of the ACL injury. I mean, maybe he can roll left and right, but we haven't really seen a lot of that from him. So I think it all comes down to the front four. Even though we have a ton of skilled players, we have a ton of pro bowlers all over the place. It's right in the trenches. What's going to happen on both sides? Um, so the, I think, yeah, I think the Rams are superior on all fronts. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. So say we are, say, say we're Sam, right. And, and, and we love these Bengals. What, um, what is an argument that you would give for the Bengals to win? I would say, I mean, obviously the fact that they have the weapons they do, which allows them to kind of play a game where it's like, so long as you don't make mistakes, you're good enough to win. And that to me is the difference between like this Bengals team and even like the Alex Smith chiefs where the Alex Smith chiefs, you could be in any game technically. So long as you didn't make mistakes, you just had to make a few plays, which Alex Smith and those chiefs weren't able to do. The Bengals team has so many weapons from all these top draft picks that again, so long as they don't make too many mistakes, they can expect to make some sort of play, which is where my salty comment came about, you know, the three yard dump pass that the defense doesn't try on that suddenly turns into like a 38 yard touchdown out of nowhere. So they have the talent to do that. Uh, I think that's the biggest strategy going for the Bengals is like, just don't make mistakes and just try and keep it close. Cause the Rams have this thing where like, they like to implode. If we're going to talk weaknesses of the Rams, they don't have any yeah. weaknesses on any side of the ball in any position, but they're mentally soft against the Buccaneers. That game that should have been like, they should have dropped close to 50 points on them late in the fourth quarter. What was it? They had three turnovers and four offensive plays. It's like, it's it, yeah. they do inexplicable, stupid stuff like that. And that's what the Bengals thrive on. They wait for you to do something stupid and they go, Oh, we're not out of this. Hey, okay. Quarterback, go make a play, you know, and Bengals. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you there. And that's what I think about this 2013 Washington football team coaching staff, Sean, Mc, Sean McVay, um, Shanahan, uh, LaFleur, all these guys are incredibly smart, which is what could be their weakness. Uh, Mike Shanahan, when he talked to Sean McVay, when they talked about just dumb plays, just dumb plays throughout the season. One of them was during the Super Bowl um, when Mike Shanahan was the head coach for the Falcons and they were up by so many points. And he just kept taking it to, to, to Julio Jones because he couldn't think of anything else at that point. He's like, there's no way they're going to stop this. But because he was so, um, you know, he's super nerdy. He's like, this is going to work. He's, he's a cocky guy. Same with Sean McVay. These are the type of guys that I can see that if the Bengals do something like they did to us, where they do this prevent drop eight, um, 
Sean, Sean McVay is going to say there's no way they can still beat Cooper Cup. There's no way that they can beat um, OBJ. And I feel like the only way that they're going to lose is if Sean, Sean McVay gets in his head and doesn't do the obvious thing like we did. Like We didn't run the ball when we should have ran the ball. And I can totally see the Bengals adjusting in the second half and doing something stupid like they did against us and Sean McVay not adjusting. Him just, just thinking way too intelligently and it over-compromising what he should be doing. So that's the only way I can see it happening. And it could happen because that's what that 2013 Washington football team coaches do. Uh, by the yeah. way, do you know that uh, Lovey Smith was on that, was on that staff as well. Is he really? Now they all, yeah, they all have coaching head coaching jobs. Now every single one of the uh, coaches on the 2013, we should do a like 30 for 30 on that, on that 2013 Washington football. I can't say their other name. I don't think we're allowed to anymore, but we should do a deep dive on that team. Cause that actually is kind of interesting there. They all have head coaching jobs. They're all the, the flavor of the month. Interesting. I didn't know Lovey was on that squad. I would have thought he was still at the bears, but they must have moved on to like Tressman at that point. Yeah. Lovey was what? also on that squad. So pretty crazy, pretty crazy. Um, okay. Oh yeah. And then Dave, David also said Mike, Mike McDaniels was also on that. So like literally every single one of those assistant coaches has the head coaching job now. Um, anyway, let's do, okay. So that's what we think. I think both of us think that um, the Rams are the better team. And honestly, I think they're the better story. We haven't talked about Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, may be the most likable quarterback that I have um, ever been a part of in, in many years, right? Everyone has, you know, Patrick Mahomes has his villains in his life that people don't yeah. like uh, Tom Brady is his own villain. Aaron Rodgers is a villain. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of people don't like him. It's really hard not to like Matt Stafford, uh, Matt Stafford doing it the right way. Sat in Detroit when he could have just forced a trade. He could have, he could have done something else. He didn't. Um, his wife also had a traumatic brain injury. I think she lost her sight or something. Uh, she had a, some like a brain tumor or something. And now she's fully healed. I mean, just like a really, really nice story. There's, I haven't heard anything bad about Matt Stafford and he finally is on a team where he is incredibly successful and in doing what he did with Calvin Johnson that he's doing with Cooper cup. And unfortunately it didn't work out because the, the lines not invest in Matt Stafford where the Rams year one invest in Matt Stafford and said, you know what, this dude's it. We're going all in with this dude, as opposed to the lions that were just like, eh, we'll figure it out. We don't want to spend any money. So uh -huh. I love the Matt Stafford story. Um, I hope they win just because of that. And it's a great juxtaposition of this like drip diamond dude, Joe, super bowl, Joe burrow cigar, feeling super confident, super cocky guy. Like, I'm sorry. I don't like Joe burrow. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He had a great time at LSU with all the future hall of famers that he had. But, uh, Matt Stafford is, is way more uh, of a better story for me. So I really hope Matt gets it. You know, I think that's the the interesting thing for me is that there's something about this Rams team, be it acquiring Stafford, be it acquiring the pieces they did on top of that. It's like if you would have told me in 2019, 2020, they were going all in. I'd be like, yeah, they're like completely mortgaging the farm. But this year, they're even doing it like a step further than that. And that to me, there's something about this Rams team. It's like, yes, this is the team that wins the Super Bowl. Not unlike the way the Dodgers acquired all that talent and won the World Series pretty recently. So on the flip side of things, I know everyone says, why not the Bengals who day? But like, I still don't have the feeling like this is the Bengals year, man. It's like they, 
there, there's something about him that I said it before the playoffs and I still, my opinion hasn't changed. Like I still feel kind of half baked. Like I stand by my thing that it feels like they're just kind of like crawling with their head down. It's like, I just kept crawling and suddenly I made it here. And I mean, they haven't beaten anybody like we, we mentioned it. Okay. They beat the Raiders. Raiders weren't great. <laughs> and they beat us. <laughs> no, but, but, but I mean like the Titans beat themselves. I know what you Buffalo might point that out. We beat ourselves like that game. Yeah. You have to try to lose that game. We did. And like, it's not like they, it's the Bengals haven't once turned anything on this postseason. It's like, Oh crap. That's a good team when they're on. Yeah. So unless the Rams really brain fart, it's like, dude, just go in there. Take care of business. You don't have any weaknesses on your teams like the Titans did with offense, like we did with defense. Just go out and execute and win this game. Yeah, and and to my counter argument to myself about Sean McVay overthinking, like Sean McVay would be the best person to do this and just play it by the book. Don't do anything stupid. When they start dropping back eight to cover Cooper Cup and to cover OBJ, then start running the ball with Cam Akers. You waited the whole season to put Cam Akers back in there. Um, now use it. Now use it, right? So I think there's a lot of weapons there, and you're right. I think this is the Rams game to lose. I don't see anything that the Bengals can do. I think the Bengals are maybe – a year and a half to two years away from being a legitimate every single year Super Bowl contender. If Joe Burrow starts hitting on the things that we were talking about, if he starts developing being more mobile, if he starts rolling out more, and if they bolster that offensive line, then he can be in this conversation not as good as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, but the Bengals can be in that conversation of, okay, now they're going to be title contenders every year. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They're not there yet. Um, Buffalo Mike's not going to like this if he's still watching, but like we've said in the past, they look like the 2020 Bills. They're, they are the darling of the, of the NFL, but they just weren't there yet last year, right? The, the Chiefs decimated the bills last year because we blitzed Josh Allen and Josh Allen didn't know what to do with it. He learned from that. Um, but Burrow's not there yet, right? Burrow still needs just a little bit more experience and a little more skill. So we'll yeah. see what happens there. Um, I have one thing to say to see how you counter this. So Sam Hawley's just put, uh, arguing for an LA market to win over a Super Bowl less small market like Cincy. How dare us? Uh, I mean, again, if the media hadn't shoved Cincy and Joe Burrow down our throat so much, I would be so on the Cincy train this year, but it's like, stop telling me how good this, or stop telling me how excellent this just pretty good team is. There's a lot of coffee shops that I will not say that I've been to that people are like, this is the best coffee shop. Right. And I go there. I'm like, yeah, this is okay coffee. It's not like like, like odd, uh, oddly correct. And, no, I, 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 I won't. I won't take any of that blasphemy. Oddly correct is is pretty fat. Is pretty fantastic. I was gonna say actually, if, if you're a black coffee drinker, it is some of the best black coffee I've ever had. That, Continue. Never mind. I thought I thought you were thinking of them. Go ahead. Yeah, but but case in point, it's like I would totally be rooting for the Bengals if the media hadn't somehow made the underdog so unlikable and already like anointed them. That's what's that's what's rubbed me the wrong way. That's to be honest. Yeah, it actually it actually is really curious that ESPN ESPN is based in LA. The Super Bowl is in LA, and that they are not trying to hype up the Rams as much as they're hyping up Joe Burrow. I get it; it's a better story if you have the underdog like like Joe Burrow in there. But uh -huh. like 
like it's it's really a no-brainer for ESPN to be hyping them up just like they have up the Lakers, the Dodgers. Um, it, but you're right; it doesn't seem like that in national media. They're all saying give Burrow a chance, but come on, the Rams look good. They deserve it. They've thrown a ton of money. It looks and it's working. Matt Stafford looks great. Cooper cup is having the most amazing year in football that a wide receiver has had and really changing the slot position, which we'll talk about uh, in later podcasts. I'm sure. Cause that's really helping Michael Hardman, Debo Samuel, all these people He's really changing how, how, how you guard the slot position. I mean, it's, it's a great story. It's a great story. And I'm, I love Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar. It's all going to be there at the Super Bowl. I mean, it's going to be great, yeah. man. I'm excited for that. Maybe not the game. Okay. Final predictions. And then let's get out of here. Reese. Um, I can go first or doesn't matter. No, I go first. Be my guest. I think it's going to be a blowout race. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think that Joe Burrow is not going to see what's, what's going on. I really love Sean McFay and the way that he does things. And now that he has a solid core and he can actually like really mess around on offense, I think he's going to come in guns blazing. I'm sure he has a playbook that no one's ever seen that he's going to take out just for the super bowl. I Cooper cup is going to go off. Um, OBJ might have one, you know, touchdown 30 to 10. Rams. I don't know if you can hold this Bengals team to 10 points. Uh, Jamar take... Chase has one touchdown with uh, 200 yards. They, they just can't get it in the end zone in the red zone. I'll take, I'll take 30 to 20 with it being 30 to 13 going into the fourth quarter and it feeling like it's out of question 30 to 13 already. Um, I, I see the Bengals winning this one of two ways. One, the Rams don't put up enough points and then they do something dumb that leads to a mental collapse. Cause like I said, this Bengals team like thrives on being opportunistic, you know, when the other team makes a mistake, which is fair. That's how you win football. Uh, the only other way I see the Bengals winning is if this game somehow turns into like an all-star like shootout and it's in the high thirties, low forties. And they're the last team with the ball. But otherwise I'm really saying Rams probably win this let's say 29 or 32 to about 20 yeah I think that's fair I think that's fair and um, hopefully it's a good game but I think I think after halftime, I think it may be over, but we'll see. We'll see what happens and that's why we play the game ladies and gentlemen any last thoughts Reese before I send us off Yes, thank you to everybody who tuned into the podcast tonight. Uh, thank you for all of our guests who took part in the live stream. Thank you for everybody who commented. Uh, go check out Fountain City Sports Media wherever podcasts are found. Subscribe, even if you don't listen to us. Give us that sweet, sweet subscribe. And uh, also, uh, just thank you for tuning into Season 2. It was a fun ride. Uh, season 3, once we get out of the football season, is going to be a little bit different. We'll talk about that more next week. we got a lot of exciting things coming up, so stay tuned for more action. Yes, I will echo his sentiments and send us off. Thank you, everyone that was on the pod today. That was a lot of fun. We're going to keep having you on. Stay on our text chain, even though football is over. We have a lot of fun on that text chain. Um, I'm not lying, ladies and gentlemen. Probably 100 texts per day, at least. At least 100 texts per day on that text chain. It's a lot of fun. Uh, again, if you want to join the text chain, let us know. Go ahead and donate $100, and we'll put you on there. Uh, my 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 brother said the 200 texts per day. Yeah, and also, thanks for being there, guys. 
podcast. But yeah, great podcast today. Thank you all the fans out there who have supported us. Again, this is our 91st episode. We're almost at the 100 mark. Uh, we'll have a lot of fun stuff on that 100th episode. But uh, shout out to my co-host here, Reese. Reese, you've been great. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, Kansas City fans, wait for some more content. We're going to have some great stuff. Obviously, we're going to be on TikTok as well. So that's awesome. Donate. Here we go. Let's go, Rams. We don't like Joe Burrow. Ah, let's go.